as the alchemical process is the transmutation. Right. Where you're actually taking these base materials. Um, you know, in, in alchemy, it's, it was usually like lead. They would rearrange the molecules to create gold. And that was like the highest goal of alchemy was to create gold. With transmutation, you are gathering, you're collecting everything you already have. You're not, you're not really running away from anything. When I coach someone, I'm asking them, them to take inventory of everything they already have, everything they've already been given, and use that as kind of the fuel for creating better relationships with it, facing it. You know, we know we know the the psychedelic experience, particularly earth medicine or plant medicine experience is facing. It puts your shadows, your situations, whatever you're working through right in front of you. So with the idea of integration, it's still, it's carrying that through, looking directly at what needs to be shifted and transmuted, creating better relationships with it so that you can move toward self-love. <laughs> Welcome back to a new episode of Mikeadelic. That was Jeremy Colbert, also known as Terragape, with that intro and the song Align from his album Spirit Maze. Jeremy's a good friend who I met, actually first met when I did a panel for TAM Integration. I forget one of their summits. Uh, and Jeremy was in this cool like virtual landscape and we met up there, me, him, and Michael Phillip from Third Eye Drops. And then I saw him again at my retreat that I hosted with Bill Burns called Permission at the end of August. And Jeremy kind of showed up at the last minute. What a great addition. Uh, as you'll hear in this conversation, Jeremy's an awesome guy. And uh, as Taragape, Jay Taragape, he makes some amazing music. So stick around for the outro as well, where he'll play us out with some sweet sounds of the hand pan uh, on his, uh, his album Spirit Maze. It's uh, the song is called Spirit Maze. 
at the end. And uh, the album is there. And all the links are in the show notes, show description. So connect with Jeremy. He is an integration coach, a transmutational coach, uh, not a transformational, but transmutational. And in that clip that you heard, he explains a little bit about that. And then we dive into that even more. And we go on to discovering how he approaches uh, helping his clients and much, much more. So, got a new sponsor for the show, WaveBlock. Very excited, very happy about having this sponsorship. I can't wait to get the uh, stickers. There's stickers that you can put over your AirPods and your phone, and they help protect you against um, EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, uh, radiation. And, you know, the, the thing is that there's a lot of people that are like, well, is this is this a big problem? Is this like something to be concerned about? You know, I, I say, yeah, I mean, might as well. Like, I don't know if it's good to be having all these waves, you know, in our ears going through our head. And, uh, you know, so who knows what's going on, but it, I watched a video and they put Apple AirPods next to a, you know, radiation detector. I forgot the name of the machine, but it, it, it turned red and made scary noises, so I, I'm convinced. But yeah, this is, uh, I think it's a good product here because, you know, we, we really don't know. A lot of the times things get invented and then we really don't know what the side effects are. I mean, just look back at the last hundred years where you had like doctors smoking cigarettes and being like, oh, you're feeling a little stressed? Pick up a camel. You know, and then like years later, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, that probably wasn't so good. <laughs> you know, so who knows? You know, I mean, you get these big companies, Apple, and all these places, and you, you know, they're they're lobbying the government and stuff. They're not like the government's not like, oh, those better be safe. It's like, no, they're making quadrillions of dollars, and they're all swimming in the same pool together. So they, you know, they do they they release what they got, and then we find out, you know, ten twenty years later, oh shit, I guess that was not so good. So WaveBlock is is really awesome. I like the fact that they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're coming up with a, they are coming up with a solution. What I was going to say was they're not just like giving in to like, oh, I guess you have to have wires now. They actually came up with a solution because I hate wires. I absolutely hate wires. So when the AirPods came out, I was like, great, this is awesome. Uh, you know, but did you know that wireless earbuds, cell phones, and many other Bluetooth products function by emitting radiation. Did you know that scientists have strong evidence to believe that EMF radiation causes several different health problems? So, you know, there's, there's more here. But basically, this is a, this is a good, good thing, I think. You know, I think it's a good thing to get and, you know, to at least hedge your bet, right? Because it's like, how, how certain can we be? Uh, when you don't have all the information yet, when when things are so new, you know, just like new drugs that go to market or whatever, any new food items and additives and stuff. And then we find out, oh yeah, that was actually causing cancer, lead paint, things like that. So we don't know. And I, 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 I get a feeling, you know, sometimes when I'm wearing my AirPods for too long, like my head hurts or something. I, I remember someone else saying that to me. So Anyway, WaveBlock is the new sponsor, and I'm excited to have them because they're coming up with solutions for things, and they're not saying, oh, we need to limit this technology or anything. They're saying, what are the solutions for this? So uh, I like that a lot. And if you put in the code Mikeadelic, the link will be below. Uh, below. You'll get 20% off. 
Also, I want to give a big shout out to Element Kombucha. Element Kombucha is the best kombucha ever. I love Element Kombucha. And you put in the code Mike11, you get 11% off. It's just the best tasting kombucha made with really interesting flavors, natural, pure uh, ingredients, and, and they're brewing it to get all the best out of the plants in terms of health benefits, good gut bacteria, and, and amazing flavors. I love the Mountain Oolong. It's my favorite. So get that. It's, uh, it's, my, it's the, fi- the fizziness quality to it is what really is uh, appealing to me because sometimes you open up a kombucha and it's just like, oh, I'm just drinking gas bubbles. But this is smooth with a nice fizz. So it's my top tier, number one, my favorite kombucha, Element Kombucha, promo code Mike11. For WaveBlock, the promo code is Mike Adelic. And yeah, we got a retreat coming up. I was talking about the permission retreat that Jeremy attended. Bill Burns and I and the Tribe of Brothers are hosting a primal masculine winter solstice journey in Boulder, Colorado. We're going to be drumming. We're going to be in a teepee with fire. We're on 60 acres of land in beautiful Boulder in the mountains. And uh, we are going to be connecting and releasing what doesn't serve us and uh, surrendering to sacred medicine to take us forward into the new year with uh, all of our best qualities, being empowered, feeling good, and offering our gifts to the world. So please check that out. We would love to have you there. Uh, The the things that we're doing with this tribe of brothers is, is really amazing. Bill and I are uh, creating some, some awesome stuff in Denver and Colorado and Boulder. And um, really, really, uh, we're going to be launching a social media platform as well to, to connect people who uh, aren't able to make it. But if you are able to make it, even better, because there's nothing like being in a live gathering, a live event in real life, IRL. The podcast is great and everything, but when you come out to these live things, um, you, you really get a felt sense of direct experience that uh, is unparalleled. So uh, thank you to everybody that leaves five-star ratings and reviews. That's the best way to help promote this show and get these conversations in front of more eyeballs. Uh, It it helps the algorithms. So if you leave a five-star rating and review an Apple podcast, it helps tremendously. Also consider joining the Patreon. If you join the Patreon, you don't have to hear any of this. Ad-free episodes on Patreon release the day that I record them. So you get early access, you get ad-free episodes, you get bonus episodes. Dosadelic is coming back, so we're going to be getting silly with Dosadelic, uh, and that's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, so just, and then you get the Inner Sanctum Discord uh, chat, where people are connecting from all around the world. So yeah, big shout out to all the recent patrons, David, uh, Ariana, um, who else? Uh, other ones, other people. Big shout out to you guys. Uh, Eric, Richard, appreciate you guys all. And um, yeah, go over to patreon.com slash Mike Brank and sign up for $5 a month and you get access to all that stuff. And you don't have to hear these ads. You get ad-free episodes and uh, release the day that I record them. So. I got three up there right now. Uh, I have a video podcast with East Forest. So check that out. Patreon.com slash Mike Brank. All the links for everything that you're going to want to find out about to get involved with is going to be in the show notes, show description. And you're, you're going to want, this is why I'm talking about these things, because they're things that we 
uh, could all be interested in and just bring them to your attention. So uh, that is how I look at these, these intros. They're things that I care about, I'm passionate about, I want to see grow. I want to build more of a community. I'd love to have you guys come out to stuff and get involved and uh, just support the podcast and then get some cool stuff from the sponsors that are also helping keep this show afloat. And uh, yeah, without further ado, I think we'll get into this conversation with my good friend, Jay Taragape. love to have a Jamie. I think everybody needs a Jamie. Wouldn't you love to have a Jamie? I would love to have several Jamies. Several Jamies. Yeah. All right. Yeah, like a harem of Jamies. Yes. <laughs> Just like Jamie? No, not you. <laughs> Jamie too. <laughs> Jamie too. Come here. Go on, Jaime. Get me that fine juice from Wonder. Mm. Procure me the finest juice in the land. I really enjoy speaking in that sort of like old English Game of Thrones-esque type of talk. You're so good at it, too. It's fun. It is fun. I'm the type of person where I try to embody that voice, and it always just comes out slightly awkward, where people are like, what accent are you actually trying to... And I'm like, I don't know, but it feels good. All right, let's try it out. Uh, I'll go, and then you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, pardon, hear ye, hear ye, all in the land. Sire, <laughs> what? <laughs> Indeed, do tell more. I I must have the Taragape on the loudspeakers in the castle. Taragape has arrived, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not more, too bad. The, not too bad, that's great. More practice. I think that we've gotten language has maybe devolved a little bit in one absolutely. way. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like if we could verbalize emojis, we probably would. Yeah, I saw a meme one time that said like we're 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 not it's not regressing, we're just going back to the ancient ways and it was like hieroglyphics <laughs> on the wall. Yes. You know, and um I thought, well, that's nice. Silver lining and everything. Yeah, it makes us feel good about our incessant use of emojis. That's that's what matters. Yes, that's it makes us feel good. Yeah. Um I I'm trying to get a lot more intentional with my language. Yeah, me too. It's like every time I come across a word that someone else says and I'm like that word there's such an essence to it why is that not in my vocabulary and then i'll like try to practice using it in like future conversations to like remember it it's kind of like we were talking about remembering someone's name and just repeating it yeah you have to repeat it multiple times in order to actually get it i think it's the same with that type of like vocabulary yes to utilize it that's right i i I need to do that because i i I book i'm like a um intellectual hoarder so I have like tabs on my computer that's like definitions, read later. I just store uh-huh. them like I'm going to go and check again and I like never do. Oh, yeah. The tabs are just 20 tabs at a time. <laughs> you know, a word that um, came across my radar that I've been using often um, in the last couple of weeks is compersion. 
Are you familiar with compersion? I am. Yeah. Tell me again, though. I love this word. And it's the idea of being happy for someone else's happiness. Yes. And I think that's that's something that has been really important for me because one of my one of my shadows that I've been realizing is envy. Mm. So conversion compersion is kind of the antidote to envy. Oh, so you you convert envy to compersion. Yes. <laughs> Conversion, compersion. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. You know, I th- I I actually first heard of it when I had a brief spout of uh polyamory. Mm-hmm. Uh and and I was like, "Why? This is very challenging." Like, you know, like I I understand intellectually the concept that um to be happy for other people they're they're seeking happiness and they need to be fulfilled and we're these multi-dimensional beings that can't be distilled down into one blanket category or you know whatever so it's like i get it intellectually but then emotionally mm-hmm. it's like i'm not I'm jealous Ooh, envious yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely uh an internal mind fuck for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, um, it's been, it's such a practice and I try to zoom out as far as I can go because, you know, in the spiritual path, you, you know, one of the cornerstones is that we are all one. So it's like, oh, okay. If that other being is happy and fulfilled, then that other being is also a part of the one, which is also a part of me. So we're all, we're all winning in a sense. Yeah. But there's such an illusory nature that um, at least that's how I try to trick myself. And sometimes when I'm like, oh, we're all one, but I fucking want it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I noticed that you you uh, you said, you know, the the, the spiritual path. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like a little like a, something on that a little. Yeah. Maybe it had a little pungentness to it or something. There is. And I it come, for me, it comes down to... Um, like discerning the the kind of essence of people who are always like, well, everything's perfect. And there's, there's a passive energy to some, sometimes when people say that who are really on the spiritual path that really rubs me the wrong way. It's like, everything's perfect. So I don't have to, to do anything. Well, it's, it's no, it's everything is perfect. I get that but you're still in the flow. You're still a part of the cog in the wheel. You still have to like participate and it's more around the energy of it. So, um, yeah, that's why you saw me kind of get a little, you know, uh, maybe a subtle annoyance. No, I, I feel it too. Yeah. Yeah. One second. I feel it too. I feel that too. It's a strange area to be in because like you were saying, well, yes, I mean, we all are one. So it's almost like, well, look, put in the math equation. See, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, yeah, but why am I feeling all this conflict and feeling all this like bitterness or envy, jealousy, or the, you know, the darker shadow parts that, that we all have. And it's such, it's, it's so complex. Right. And, and you know, this being an integration coach, right? Like, I mean, going through your own integration and then coaching people, what's yes. that like? Oh yeah. That's a great, great topic. Um, 
Well, the biggest thing that I've noticed in stepping into the role of integration coach is the accountability for my own integration. Mm. Because who am I to step up and say, I'm going to coach you, I'm going to guide you through when I can't even handle my own integration. And when I was first stepping into this process, um, it was it was a concept of threshold guardians. Are you familiar with threshold guardians? I feel like I've heard that before, but please explain. Yeah, so it's it's the idea that when you are about to embark upon a journey, um, usually like an epic journey, a new chapter in your life, um, you're taking a leap into the unknown, um, you get tested. And it's like you're crossing a threshold into a new area of life, a new journey. And there are all these guardians that pop up that kind of like have the essence of like, are you sure? Ah. Are you sure you're ready? And when I was stepping into the integration coaching role, that happened a lot for me where my own integration um, practices were being very, very tested. Um, And I I think for... um, for utmost benefit because then it allowed me to go deeper into that process. Um, But yeah, the more and more I step into it, the more that I find myself being accountable for my own integration, Um, which is, it's, it's great. It's refreshing for me because like, I know I have faith in myself that I can do this, but to actually like witness myself really going through these practices of integration and really holding myself accountable um, really makes me feel like I am able to help guide and coach others. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you, you continually have to humble yourself to be the student while also accepting the role of, of teacher. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, yeah. And and so the, the threshold guardians, I mean, that's what's coming to my mind right now is like Joseph Campbell Hero's Journey type mm-hmm. arc, right? Where you go into the the darkness and you're challenged to, you know, in that, in that sort of way. So when you had these threshold guardians appearing, like what, how does that come? Are there any specific examples you could share about like what that would look like or what that looked like for you? Um, sure. Yeah. It would, um, it would show up in, um, in ways. Whereas like when I was starting, um, my certification course, um, I would be presented with, um, you know, people and scenarios perhaps, uh, in the course There's a lot of interaction, which is beautiful. That's one of the, the things I love most about, um, being in that, that course and that container is having the community support. But I kept noticing that, um, certain people would just bring up, uh, instances, um, scenarios, energies that would trigger the deepest doubt in me. It's like, they would say something that maybe was in my subconscious that I had been fearing and they would bring it out and it would trigger in me like, Oh, what, what the hell am I doing? Like, and like that kind of like tense up, like eat, like I'm changing my whole career path. I'm, I'm taking a leap and looking back, it's been, it would, all of those experiences have been a great opportunity to really examine what that trigger is and what's at the core of that trigger and to really go deeper and to um, basically glean the gold from um, that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what that does is that creates more um, embodiment moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it's a gift, but it's, it's all about the follow through. 
Um, and that's why they're guardians. And that's why it's like, are you sure? Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, universe, please provide this to me. And then it comes in a way that you're like, well, not like that. <laughs> I didn't say like that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it to arrive like a nice little comfy, cozy bed that I can snuggle up in. I wanted like... it. Yeah. I wanted it to arrive in Amazon Prime delivery box <laughs> right on my doorstep. Why is it on fire and burning me? Yeah. Well, I, in my experience, I'm sure you can relate to this, that oftentimes when we embark on these paths, that it's like, oh, here it comes all at once. Yes. <laughs> yes. When it rains, it pours. And yeah, it's it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And it's also like, a, are you sure you can handle this? And, um, and that's the other thing that I've been... Um, um, really kind of keeping in my, in my consciousness is because whenever we're, you know, um, embarking on something new, um, in going into the unknown, it's like, well, am I going to be strong enough, smart enough, whatever enough to, to take this on? And, um, there was the, the phrase that came into my mind of like rise to the occasion. And I always found myself rising to the occasion once I'm just put myself in it and kind of surrender to it and be very present. So what I've started saying is creating occasions in which to rise. Mm. So being proactive about putting yourself in that place where you know you're going to be a little uncomfortable, but having faith that you are creating an occasion in which you will rise. Mm. I really like that. I really like the attention to detail and being very conscious and intentional with the language that we use, like we were just talking about, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I have, have, have just started to kind of come around more to, uh, but it's really important because I think it's like the basis of, of magic, right? It's uh, and this is like an alchemical process. I've, I've heard you talk about that before, uh, you know, diving into the depths and going to those challenges and, and then, sifting through and finding that gold and being like, Oh wow. Yeah. This is, this is what I was looking for. Yeah. And it's, it's even, so it's, it's even more than just an idea of sifting through because the alchemical process is the transmutation, right? Where you're actually taking these base materials, um, you know, in, in alchemy, it's, it was usually like lead, like something that's really like base, something that we would consider very dull. So basic. Yeah. So to, totally basic, like totally basic. <laughs> like. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm of course very naive to the actual process of what the alchemists would do, but they would essentially create these situations in which the molecule, they would rearrange the molecules to create gold. And that was like, that was their, their goal. Their, the highest goal of alchemy was to create gold. And so through the integration process and, and part of my, um, my philosophy around and my mission and purpose around integration, um, I have basically three elements that triangulate and the bottom of the pyramid, the bottom right side of the period is transmutation. Mm -hmm. And we can do that on a personal level. Whereas, um, I, and nothing against like the word transformation, but I, I really lock in more to the idea of transmutation because I feel like with transmutation, you are gathering, you're collecting everything you already have. You're not, you're not really um, running away from anything. When I, when I coach someone, I'm asking them, them to take inventory of everything they already have, everything they've already been given, and use that as the um, kind of the fuel for creating 
better relationships with it, facing it. You know, we know, we know the, the psychedelic experience, particularly earth medicine or plant medicine experience is facing. It puts your, your shadows, your situations, whatever you're working through right in front of you. So with the idea of integration, it's still, it's carrying that through looking directly at what needs to be shifted and transmuted, creating better relationships with it so that you can move toward self-love, which is the other uh, bottom part of the triangle. Mm, okay, yeah. Self-love, transmutation. Yes. Now we're going to the top. The top is the guiding force of nature. The guiding force of nature. Yes. Yes. And And... I can guess what that means, but let's hear it from from the man himself here. Ah, uh, well, um, well. Let let me talk a little bit about self love first, and then we'll Great. get to the top of the the triangle. Okay. So, um, so transmutation is the more the masculine element of the triangle. It's the the do. It's the process. It's the the action oriented. So we're really we're actively working on um, rearranging the relationships with ourself and maybe with other relationships in our life. Then when you you have the other side, which is self love, which is more of the feminine. It's receptive. It's the be. And um, with self love, uh, so much of us have very, very deep issues with loving ourselves. Mm. In fact, most of us would say that we, we hate ourselves. Mm. It's common. It's, it's like, it's devastatingly common for someone to be like, I hate myself yeah. when they, when they have that moment of vulnerability and are being honest about that. Yeah. And when someone's like, I love myself, you're like, ugh. if you're mm -hmm. hating yourself, you're like, you fucking, I hate you. I yeah. hate everybody. <laughs> I, I don't, I have no compersion for you whatsoever. No compersion. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. We all have, we all have. And so with, with my coaching, like I'm, I'm very, I'm not naive. I know that to jump right into self love is really impossible for some people. So what it, what it begins with is just self awareness, self acknowledgement. Um, once again, just taking inventory of what we already have, mm -hmm. just kind of like mapping it out. Um, this is me, this is me in this moment. This is me that I've always been. And this is the reality of it. There's nothing I can do to change it. And, but getting really clear on who you are, um, regardless of how challenging that is and regardless of those pieces that you really don't like. So once we develop this, um, process of just taking inventory, self-awareness, self-acknowledgement, self-acknowledgement, then we start to move towards self-acceptance. So self-acceptance is, it takes, a, it takes, um, takes some effort. It takes some, some maybe pushing, pushing you out of your comfort zone, but to realize that after you've taken inventory of, of yourself, that there's nothing you can do to change that. It's, it is who you are. And just working to like, it's like, Oh, you know, when you just like relax your whole body and you're just like, Oh, I've been holding this tension in my body for like decades. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it right now. Yeah. Let's take a deep breath together yeah. and then just exhale out into a relaxation, mm. deep clearing breath. <sighs> yeah. 
there it is accepting mm. accepting the body for what it is yeah and so we work with that and i use that word work a lot it's also like we play too we, yeah we play we experiment yeah yeah we're we're um we're getting ourselves to a place where it's like okay i accept who i am i get it i can't change it and once we establish more of that acceptance then is when you can kind of lean more towards self-love self-love is you know it's it's a little self-explanatory but i think the part that people have trouble with is loving the parts of themselves that they don't love Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of of deep diving that we go we can go into with that a lot of strategies that we can use whether it's um you know uh, internal family systems, parts mm-hmm. work, reparenting, right. mm-hmm. all of these ways to look at the pers- our, our personality in yeah. certain ways where we can shift and start to change that perspective toward loving. Mm. And then once we do find that, that love within us, that's the pivot place where we can actually change. So these things that we... You know, it's like the, it's this, um, this idea of like our demons, you know, it's like if you like push against and fight against a demon, well, the demon's going to like come around the back door and just like trick you from behind and like come back with more force or ferocity. If you like sort of, sort to acknowledge, accept, lean into almost like an honoring. And that's also a part of this. It's like an honoring of what you have. Then you realize that, oh, these demons, they just want to be acknowledged. <laughs> they just want to be like, oh, okay, and this is, yeah, you see me. Yeah. And then that's when you can change your relationship with it. So we work on that with um, with ourselves and different aspects of ourselves working toward love. So you can change, but you can't change bef- before you've gone through the process of acceptance and self-love. From my perspective, yes, and I think you can, and I'm getting the image of like, you know, you're um, like a house, like in your, your building, and you know that there are parts of the foundation that are a little shoddy, and you know that really you got to dig down in, and you got to like kind <clears> of <throat> tear that out and build that up again, but you just keep building on top and just mm-hmm. have this like blind faith that like, oh, well, it's okay. It's going to hold. It's going to be good. Right. And the more you build on it, the more you realize that the foundation is shaky. So that's the image that I get when you ask that question is like, well, no, it's like you need to, you need to really establish that foundation. And, and the way to do it is go in there with a magnifying glass and, and face it. Right. So accept face, Hey, this is the lumber that I have. This is the concrete that I have. This is the, what I'm working with here. So, uh, and then, and then I can build, yeah, go in there. I got all the tools. I got all the equipment, see what, what's, what I'm working with, clean it out. Then I can start going, building on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so look, going toward the top of the triangle, it's the guiding force of nature. 
And, you know, of course, you know, the, the easiest, you know, way to look at this in regard to the idea of earth medicines. And by the way, I use the term earth medicines just because I love fungi yes. and fungi are not plants. Right. And, uh, so I, if you hear me say earth medicine, it means plant medicine, but it includes, it's an, it's an homage to the fungi. I think I might've gotten that from you because I started saying it cause I was like, oh yeah, that's brilliant. Mm. It's brilliant. It encompasses all of the medicines that we work with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of the earth. Right. And we are of nature, you know, we are, we are nature. We, we come from, you know, we have our local source of the sun and that's of course spinning around the galaxy, but you know, we are, we are emanating from this giant, you know, ball of life giving energy. Uh, everything on the earth is, we're all connected to that. And we, um, everything about us, like, I like to think about, um, you know, spiral dynamics mm -hmm. and how, how the solar system kind of moves, how the molecules move, how the flowers and plants grow and the golden ratio. And like, that's all a part of us. It's a part of the dynamic. We all, we all kind of embody that. Yeah. So for me working with earth medicines, it's gotten me into more of an alignment with the flow of that energy. Mm. And so you know, utilizing something like psilocybin or ayahuasca or San Pedro, um, you know, as an earth medicine is a way for us to tune into a different perspective of our energy and be aware of how that's flowing. And then the integration process is how do we cultivate that when we're not working with an earth medicine? How do we keep that natural flow going? Yeah. So there's always a guiding force of nature. A lot of my integration practices will involve getting into nature, grounding in, getting your feet on the earth. Um, so nature is always the the guide because nature is what you know within and without. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and like as you were talking about the the spiral dynamics and the flow, like the flow, and even the way in which nature, like it's it's a it's a rhythm. It's almost like a musical arrangement. You know, and you as a musician as well, I feel like that's maybe in a, in alignment to, or I don't know, like, how does that, how do, does, do you see it that way? Like almost like that there's like, let's get in tune with the rhythm here. Absolutely. It is, it is so good. And rhythm, rhythm and frequency. And they're both these amazing elements that I find the more I tune into, and I'm, I'm very blessed that I've, I've been on the music path, which has been one of my greatest teachers in this life is being, being, you know, on the music path. Um, the more I tune into that, the more I notice how the the frequencies in which I am resonating at will will show up in the world, um, even even down to like I'll, I will there will be like a song playing or there will be a song in my head or something will go on and there will be this external sound in in the world that will be perfectly in harmony or perfectly in unison with it or a rhythm that happens that will be that will perfectly line up. And it's easy to kind of just like dismiss that as like, oh yeah, that was just like, cause you know, my consciousness was there and tuned in and, but it happens so often that every time it does, I'm just like, I just like give a little like silent high five to the universe. <laughs> um, and that's kind of like a practical way of, of I see it. But, um, I view, I, I take the lens of music and frequency and harmony and apply it to everything. I really do. Um, 
even astrology, astrology is such a hard concept to like wrap your head around. Like how does this have effect on us? And I'm like, well, you know, it's like there, these bodies are rotating around each other. And, you know, whenever, whenever like a musical note, like if two musical notes are about to come into harmony or about to come into unison, it's like they have this moment where they get really close and then they're the most dissonant. It's like right before a guitar string is right in tune, it's just like it wobbles, it vibrates, it's very chaotic, and then it locks into place. And I look at that and I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe that happens with the planets. Maybe that's why when there are these conjunctions and these aspects that are happen, maybe it's more of a frequency thing where, where it, it locks into place for a short time. Mm. So... Yeah, I, I view so much through the lens of music and frequency and rhythm. Yeah, the, and there's there's so much, hmm, how do I want to say it? I guess like um, we as humans like always try and really figure, want to figure things out and label things and understand things and mm-hmm. put things into a box and we've we've measured it. It's, you know, quantitative, like we've 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 studied it we've got the research we could say this is the mathematical proportions and everything and maybe that's i mean that's helpful in some way but i think there's also some really beautiful uh way of being to surrender to a sort of a, a mysterious element of of uh like we were talking about in the kitchen with like kind of like when we're trying to like plan and do things and then it's like oh yeah just like kind of surrender to the flow and the process trust and then something will emerge through some kind of synchronistic way, in some kind of synchronistic way. So I imagine that it probably goes that way when working with people with integration, maybe, right? Like wanting to be, because it's, what I'm getting at here really is that it's like, a lot of people on this path are seeking. Mm-hmm. And at what point, like there's a balance, there's a harmony of being the seeker, but also not knowing as well. Yes. You know what I'm getting at? Like, it's like that, that, that balance of wanting to know, wanting to achieve, wanting to strive, wanting to accomplish, but also surrendering to the flow of the process at the same time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What that really um, brings up in me is this, this dynamic of masculine and feminine energy. Mm. And, you know, we are inundated in a culture that is um, not only very mass, has historically been very masculine, heavy in the way that uh, the culture operates. Um, and if you want to take that a step further, there's, it's also, um, de- it's also working in like an undeveloped version or a negative polarity version of masculinity, yeah. which what some people would, would call, call toxic, toxic masculinity. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot to kind of, you know, um, be very, um, you know, dissecting about it. But when it comes, what it comes down to is, ev- you know, everything, in our life has this flow of masculine and feminine. We all have it within us. We see it in the world. And I think the mystery is, is more of that feminine energy. A lot of people don't realize, but like feminine is dark, dark. Like Mm. if you look at the yin and the yang, like feminine is the black. Right. Yeah. Like the chaos, the unorganized swirling. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's not to put a negative connotation on it because you need chaos. You need that, that, that mystery, that darkness. Right. Um, you know, you think about the moon at night, the moon is the, the, the feminine and the sun is the masculine and they're perfectly the same exact size. And every so often they line up and click and it's this beautiful, you know, frequency of, uh, of alignment. Um, but in, in our day to day or in our spiritual seeking, um, it's really easy to, for us because of the way that we've been conditioned to focus so much more on the doing and, and the, the seeking and the going out and the, the action and, what were what we were talking about was like oh in that surrender when we just allow sometimes sometimes the best things happen in our lives that things kind of like it's it's like magnetize like you sit back and you magnetize i just actually just wrote a song about it this summer and you know the the line is um you know allow action to rise never forcing it mm. and they they dance back and forth. So getting getting uh, an idea of how that works in your own life, of how you can seek, you can go out, but then give yourself a contraction period where you go within, you meditate, you allow things to to come to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of like the work right there too is like finding that balance. I think of uh, do you ever watch the show Curb Your Enthusiasm, with Larry David? Uh, not too. I mean, I know of it. I'm not too familiar with it though. So it's got, I, it's a great show, and I guess it's it, it was like a very popular show. I don't know if they're still doing it anymore, but essentially what I'm getting at here is that the way that they have run the show, the way the show's organized is Larry David, the creator, uh, basically creates a skeleton of like things that happen. We go to the store, then I go to the house, you know, then this happens, like you come in, this actor comes in, this actress comes in. There's no dialogue written. It's all improv. So Beautiful. I, it's like this perfect balance of, of having just enough of a container to hold what the, can then emerge, just like you were just saying, right? Like with, yeah. Uh, and honestly, like that's, that's how I view so much of this. That's how I view music. That's how I view integration coaching. So think about music, like especially like a good jam band. Mm-hmm. Like in order for that soloist to get out there and flow his or her heart out, you have the band that creates this beautiful structure, this container that they are locked in, that they are no, they are, it is arranged in a way to support uh, a musician or if it's multiple musicians, whoever is improvising to have that, that, that masculine container in which to flow. Mm. And that's the dynamic. And with integration coaching, that's also what I'm, I'm creating or what integration coach good, good, any good coach does is they create a masculine container or structure, um, so that there, a flow can happen. Even like with an athlete, like, like when they get into the flow state, it's because they've created so much of a, of a structure so that they can flow within it. Mm. And, you know, in regard to integration coaching, it's the idea of, Oh, I can allow, like I have my body soften, like my body softening again in this moment. It's like, Oh, I can allow myself to be vulnerable. I can allow myself to cry. I can allow myself to get angry. I can allow all of these things to come up because I feel safe and I feel held. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I sometimes think I sometimes just get a little down thinking that we don't have that as like a standard. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's not that our world isn't set up in that way where like if you're at the grocery store or something and something just hits you and you're getting emotional and it's not like we don't have that in the mainstream mass consciousness. The mainstream mass consciousness is to think, Oh my God, there's something wrong with that person or are you okay? Do you need help? Or Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's like, that's, that's my dream. I guess that's my goal is to bring more of this to, to the mainstream. So like, have more safe uh, safe spaces, more spaces where we feel that we can really, truly be ourselves. You know, I think that it really takes a toll on a lot of us out there that have to put masks on, you know, all, yeah. all, all the time. I mean, uh, I, I myself and you, I think are, are pretty fortunate that we don't have to really go into a job to answer to a boss, to deal with like office politic kind of things. And, I can just imagine, I mean, I used to do that stuff, and but I never put a mask on, really, which is why I got fired from a lot of jobs. Yeah. But it's, that that creates conflict within us, right? It's like we're, 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 we're spending all this energy cultivating this persona, this character, wearing this costume that we're not, and it's in conflict with who we truly are, and then it's like, where do we go? And then maybe if we're fortunate enough, someone's like, oh, you know, some sacred earth medicines. And then, you know, then then it's like, oh, wow, now the whole cat's out of the bag. You know, I had a garage full of stuff that I've put away for years and now it all spilled out. What do I do with it now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we start to believe in our persona. We start to believe in those things, those shoulds that we, we set ah, ourselves yes. up. and. I was just um, I was just uh, at a retreat where they talked about where the idea of persona comes from, and it comes from a Greek word that means mask, mm. and it actually referred to the mask that the the actors would wear in order to project their voice. It was the persona. Not I don't know the exact word, but that's where this comes from, and so persona actually like comes from the idea of of putting on a mask. Mm. And when you work with earth medicines um, or when you do deep meditation, whatever, whatever method you do to get beyond that and, and, and uh, really tap in, you get to experience yourself on more of a soul level and your soul level, your soul level really doesn't give a shit about your personality. (laughs) In fact, it probably sits back and kind of chuckles at it um, with this like unbearable compassion. Um, And because you know believe what you will but i i feel like the soul is eternal i feel like that there is this ongoing process that happens and from that perspective um when you start to kind of integrate that idea into your life which takes a long time to do and i work on it all the time it's like I find myself getting trapped into my personality and all the little things and all the neuroses and everything but then there's this there's this deep subtle like the still small voice within mm-hmm. that starts to kind of get a little more present more and more as you realize that and then once you do that you start to see people 
I'm, I feel like I'm channeling Ram Dass in this moment. And it's like, you start to see people as other souls, mm-hmm. you know, you see beyond the person, the personality, the persona. So it's creating that relationship within yourself and then starting to realize that, Oh, there's another soul in, in you and in everyone I, I interact with and to just kind of like pierce through the persona and, I know it, he started this by being like, I'm, I f- I'm getting a little down and I feel you and I want that too. But like, I also am a little excited at the same time because I feel the shift and I feel like these opportunities are happening and I feel like people are more able to, to tap into that aspect. Um, so yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that way. I oscillate like, you know, I think most of the time I'm like, yeah, this is good. Everything's cool. Like we're doing it. And then sometimes I'm just like, well, we're fucked. It's, it's all like, what do we even do? It's all over. We're, ho- we're hopeless. Usually that, that attitude comes when I spend a little bit too much time, you know, doom scrolling on social media, yeah. which I've vastly improved. Uh, I have not been doing that so much, but you know, even just going in for a little bit, you know, one of the things I think about often is how much unnecessary sales pitching and ad slogans and influencer stuff that we're exposed to, um, whether we think it affects us or not, I think just simply taking it in, seeing it, scrolling, seeing things, oh, Truly. what's this, you know, because cause then that I think that can start to like that then then globs onto you in a way where it's like, oh no, here's a little bit of like, you're not good enough. Oh, here's a little bit of like, you're not, you're not thin enough or you're mm-hmm. not fit enough or whatever. And it's like, oh, I didn't, I, I wasn't thinking that. I didn't want that. But just the, the, just the exposure to it, it's like uh, letting it in a little bit. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a TV in like I, a dozen years. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's the best, but every time I'm exposed to a TV, especially the commercials, I, my nervous system is fried. Yeah. It's like, this is what is normal for so many people. And I, I'm like, I'm like shaking because it's so, it's cause it's so quick and it's so like the, the music and it's so loud and it's just trying to grab your attention, grab your attention, grab your attention and tell you that you need to buy the thing that you don't have so that you can be fulfilled and you will be happy when you have the thing that you get and you buy and you're still not fulfilled. So you need another thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an infinite uh, abyss uh, inside of your soul? Do you have a dark black well that dives deep into the infinite repository of eternity, the depths of your condition? Are you suffering from existential paralysis and nihilism? Yeah, I do. Take this pill. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I resonate. (laughs) Yeah, it is wild. I'm so glad you brought that up because it is – it's like – it's like a – it's like an aggressive like invasion or like an attack. Like I've, I view it as, as a almost like an initiation of aggression, like being, mm-hmm. being made. Like it's, it's very hostile. It yeah. feels, you know, even when it's like cheerful, like everyone's going to McDonald's yeah. to get diabetes. Like, you uh-huh. know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, this is like really bad. Like that's some of the most eerie stuff is when it's masked mm-hmm. in like, no, we're doing good for you. But it's it is so strange. It's the colors and the tone. And there's this feeling of like, who's buying this? But I guess you know, like the same. I I I haven't had a TV in like 
more than a decade. Like I haven't been exposed to those. People often ask me like, yeah, you know, like that commercial you see. And I'm like, I don't no. know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But I, I imagine, I know for a fact that it influences people's perception of the world. It right? does. Just by being exposed, just by me driving down the highway and the billboards that I see, like I can't help. It's like I have to practice not looking at them because, you know, you're you're just taking it in. And it's just like when you're scrolling, it, it does influence you because you can't unsee anything you see. You, you see it and it's there and it's a part of your, your consciousness, whether how big or small it is. Yeah. So um, that's, you know, that's also developing this kind of internal sovereignty of Yes, like I'm I'm going to be exposed like in on this planet Earth. I'm going to be, be exposed constantly with unsavory things, but I need to develop my own sovereignty in the midst of all that. And um, and that's really challenging. And it's just like like diet, like changing your diet, like it's gotten so much better. But like 10 years ago when I was like trying to trying to go against the grain of what it was expected for diet, I was like. I can't even go to a restaurant. I can't go like there's, there's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And it does feel like, you know, you're, you're putting on some kind of armor to go into battle in your day to day. But, um, but yeah, this reminds me of something that was really pivotal, pivotal on my path. Mm. And when I was like 15 years old and my brother was probably 16 or 17, we, I remember sitting on the couch at home watching TV and this cute little cartoon commercial came on and it was like, do you just have a hopelessness in your day? Do you feel like you can't motivated to do the things? Do you feel down? Do you feel depressed? And I, re- I don't even know what the commercial was. I think it was for probably Zoloft or something. But I remember at the end of that commercial, my brother and I had both looked at each other and we're like, are you, I feel like that's it. Like, that's it. I'm depressed. Like, this is the answer. Like, I feel that I'm, and of course that it's brilliant because yeah. it's a cartoon and it's, so we had the conversation, we talked to our parents, we both went in to see a doctor. They like, they, and, and like, you know, 10 minutes in the doctor's office, just describing some symptoms that every single human fucking being have, has, has, <laughs> yeah. they were like, okay, yeah, you're depressed. Here's the prescription. Mm. And I know I'm not alone on this. I know so many people have had that experience, but for me, um, you know, going on and having that experience of being on an SSRI at such a young age was, was really, it gave me a lot of motivation to continue this work with earth medicines, with natural remedies. Mm. You know, I was finding myself, my, my emotions were tunneled. My sex drive was non-existent. Mm. You know, I'm like, it's, it's, it was so surprising to me to take something that, that just, funneled and and diminished and dulled the human experience so that you can manage and don't get me wrong some people need this i'm i i absolutely feel like ssris and antidepressants really help a lot of people who who really need that well i heard that like they're not supposed to be long term exactly that you're supposed to use it to really get out of a deep hole that you that you tried a lot of things or it's just not working you use it to like a ladder to get out of a hole or something yeah. and then um, and then you kind of like wean off, right? Like that's what I, that's what I heard. It's that supposed would be to great. be like, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And, but as we know, 
people fall into their comforts and, and their crutches and that's what it becomes. Right. And so, and there's so much more I could say, say about that. And I, 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 I vowed I actually to, to wrap up that part of my experience, I was on it for like maybe a year or so. And then went off it when I got to college, I had a counselor who kind of convinced me to go back on it. And it was this really weird experience where like the, the, the nurse's office were like <laughs> giving out like free coupons for antidepressants. Oh like so here's, here's yeah. your, here's your script. And they, I was handed these two prescriptions and I, I was like, I was resisting this. I wasn't very present in the moment, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I remember going to get my prescription filled. And what I didn't know is I handed them, there were, they were different. And there was a, like a 30 milligram and a 60 milligram. And I handed them a 60 milligram, which was the one I was supposed to like build up to. So, um, I tried this antidepressant. I don't know exactly what it was, if it was like Zoloft or Cymbalta or something, but that night I spent the entire night in this like, like, um, like weird, like bad trip where I, I, I was like looking at myself in the mirror I was like, almost like, where am I? Like, like I was wide eyed. There were no thoughts. There were no like emotions. My, my jaw was clenched. I felt like I wasn't home and I, I was up until five in the morning. I couldn't sleep and that was it. I vowed. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not ever doing this. And luckily several years later I found psilocybin and, uh, you know, now I'm so, I'm so grateful for the experiences with that. But now it's beautiful that they're bringing that into, um, into this, the, the culture as an option for treating depression. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's been shown over and over and over again to have such an amazing impact. And it's also very, it's also very clear that it is a, 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 not a long-term solution, Mm -hmm. that it Mm -hmm. is something that you do for the short term and you don't even need to do every day. And for me, the difference is the SSRIs or whatever antidepressant are numbing you out. It's almost like kind of like alcohol. It's like, it's you're, 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 you're brushing everything under the rug and you're, you're, you're coping some other way. But the, the, the psilocybin or these other earth medicines, psilocybin in particular, it kind of just, allows you to face what you need to face in your own existence by shifting your perspective ever so slightly to give yourself just a little bit of wiggle room in order to not fall into your conditional habits. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's, it's so, so important. And, you know, of course I have my qualms with things, you know, clinical and pharmaceutical and money, but I'm also like, well, so be it. If that's how, yeah, the masses are going to receive this medicine that's synthesized in a lab and costs thousands of dollars. Right. If that's how those people need to get it, so be it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's going to open them up to more natural methods down the road. Yeah. Let's have better problems to complain about. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd rather complain about this than, you know, be stuck in the old ways. Yeah. Newsweek, I think it was mm-hmm. like a couple of weeks ago or something. My dad sent it to me. It's like, great. I love that I'm reaching my dad. He's on antidepressants and it's, it's helped him. And I also feel that there's a little, like he's not fully home, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not terrible, but it, I notice it, you know? 
And he's been sending me articles like, like, hey, look, like just like you've been saying for the past decade, <laughs> yep. just like you've been, you know, at first I was evangelizing like you fucking people need to Same. wake up, man. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Right. I think it's a ne- like that's a phase. Like yeah. it's a necessary like a part of the evolutionary process. Yeah. Getting t- turned on to this stuff. But yeah, Newsweek magazine, treatment for depression and on the cover, some beautiful dehydrated mm-hmm. mushrooms. And right next to it, I saw uh, someone had posted like 20 years ago or something, the cure for depression. It was like Prozac, you know? So yeah. it's like, look at, we've, that's, that's pretty cool. We were able to come that way. Uh, and, you know, and, and I get a little impatient. I'm like, well, why can't we just do it now? Like, why can't we just do it right fucking now? Why can't we just executive order and the war on drugs? Let's go. You know? I mean, I, I just, so I understand there's a lot of, Obviously, it's not like they just haven't thought of that yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, actually, that's interesting. I want to hear a little bit about sort of that, that process for you in, uh, in coming to the earth medicines. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's, and just to, to, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how do I get through to my uncle who's this or my parents who, you know, anytime you hear the word drugs, they like, you know, think of the devil or whatever, you know, it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, take these articles that from, from Newsweek, from New York Times, John Johns Hopkins studies, there are dozens and dozens and dozens and they keep coming out more and more send them these articles of these trusted sources that, that they, and that's, that's the way, you know, you're not saying anything. You're passing along information that's out there. So, um, and pro, it's, pro it's tip. yes, that's a great tip. I love that. And it's like, because it's, it's communicating to them in the language that they understand. Yes. You know, my dad sees something, he reads the New York times every Sunday or whatever. You used to get the paper every Sunday. So they'd be like, Whoa, it's in the New York times. Well, well, I guess this, I guess it's for me then, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Michael mm-hmm. Pollan, right? Like yeah. Michael Pollan was writing on the botany of desire, you know, yeah. plants, all these, the omnivores dilemma, now psychedelics, two books. Yeah. And people in that age, that demographic, that's sort of like maybe cosmopolitan intelligentsia, America, good old American people mm-hmm. like, whoa, interesting. Oh, fascinating, honey. People are yearning for permission. Yeah, yeah. permission. Permission. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk a little bit about that too. But it is, it is, it is. People are, are like they have themselves in this holding pattern, and they they need to be granted permission. And most people need permission from authority. Mm, you're so right. Yeah. And um, for me, I get my permission from nature. Yeah. You know, it's like there's no there's no other source where I've found where I feel that that depth of, of truth. And I say truth in a relative term because I don't know what truth is, but like that, that whatever feels true to me in that moment, like there's nothing that's felt more true when I'm communing with nature and receiving direct from the source. Um, so yeah, so my journey, let's see. Um, I was, you know, I grew up in Southwestern Pennsylvania, um, small kind of town, um, you know, really, really beautiful people, maybe more conservative area, um, grew up in nature. So I always had that, those roots. Um, uh, it was really, you know, it was blessed to have some parents who were, were, um, immersive in nature. We were always out in nature, uh, which was great. Uh, my mom was always barefoot. 
And and now I'm like, oh, it was so amazing because like I just had this this role model that was always grounding in you know, mm-hmm. to the earth, and I, that's that's I'm barefoot whenever I can. Um, but you know, I, I went to, um, you know, got into the social, um, wrapped up in the social concept, uh, really be, you know, alcohol became the priority as with many of us, many yeah. young people, um, through like late high school and college, um, you know, alcohol, alcohol, and then cannabis, uh, cannabis was introduced. Cannabis really was, was a great, um, a great way for me to tap into, to nature and a little bit more of myself, be more reflective, introspective music. Music was absolutely, um, <clears throat> the door was blown wide open when I combined that with cannabis and chose, chose that as my path. Um, you were playing at that time. Yeah, I was playing guitar and I started realizing that I could write music when I was around like 16 and, and then I decided to go to school for music education. So I've actually spent the last 11 years of my life teaching music. Yeah. Um, that's my, that's my career. That's been my career path thus far. Um, mostly private lessons and some group, group classes. But, but so in my, my early and mid twenties, um, you know, I was very much, um, wrapped up in the external, in the social in the alcohol and the party in the, um, and nothing like too crazy, but like I was, I was drinking most nights a week mm-hmm. and I was finding myself drinking alone and I was, um, I was just getting really stuck and feeling, feeling the depression and all that comes with that. And I had a friend of mine who, um, he, uh, he had psilocybin, um, but he also, he also introduced me, um, to, which I was always afraid to do psilocybin. I was, it had that fear around it. Like, Oh, you know, I'm going to see shit. I'm going to like go crazy, you know? And, um, the propaganda remnants, but, um, he, he had gone to Peru. He had worked with ayahuasca. And I remember we were, um, we were actually at a cabin that we all rented together. We were around a fire and like we'd been drinking and like, you know, just kind of partying and hanging out, you know, like you do. And they were talking about their experience with ayahuasca and Peru and it was him and his other friend and the, the things they were saying and describing and like, and I just, you know, and take this all with a grain of salt because honestly, I don't think that, I don't feel like it's always beneficial to describe your experiences on earth medicine because exp- mm. it's, first of all, words can't do it justice. Second of all, you're, you're kind of pre-programming other people to expect certain things. So, but I'm hearing them say these, you know, grandiose things like, oh, and the serpent came and she wrapped herself around me and she looked right in my eyes. I'm like, what the actual fuck <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so, and they were kind of explaining to me what it was and they were telling me that, you know, oh yeah. And there's a smokable form of, you know, dimethyltryptamine and DMT. And, and then like, it was like the one, the one friend was like, and I have some. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to smoke some tonight. Who else is in? I'm like, what? You just told me I'm like some syrup's going to wrap itself around me and I've been drinking and like, I don't like, no, no, I'm not doing this. And some people did that night and I watched and observed and it was, you know, it was whatever for them. And, and they described some of their experience. I was curious. So, so the next day I decided that I was going to, like do yoga in the forest and like take a run and ground in. And I was re I started reading Siddhartha and like, I was just like really zenning out. And I, and, and cause he, he gave me the option to do it again that weekend. 
and I approached him and said, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to do this. Um, so me, him and his, his girlfriend, his dog, like went off all by ourselves into the forest. I took a towel. I like put something to put over my eyes. I, I, I had her do a tone bowl, a singing bowl to like hold space. Like I was like, there must've been a part of me that kind of knew like I needed to set like a ceremonial container, even though I hadn't really had a ceremonial experience yet. And, um, and he loaded that pipe up pretty big mm. and he told me, you know, hold, take a big one and hold in. And so I did. Uh, and, um, that experience single-handedly shifted my entire perspective. Mm. It was something, the question that I had been asking for so long was, is there, is there life beyond this body? Does, does consciousness exist beyond the body? If you want to distill it. And it was answered for me in that moment because I had an outer body experience where there was this narration that was, you know, I won't even describe the experience, what the visual experience was. Cause I just, you know, shared that. I don't know if that's helpful, but the narration was like, everything's connected like everything. And it was showing me these impossible things that my brain couldn't wrap around. And it was like kind of playing with me a little bit, but it was like, yeah, you know, you think it, you think this is real? Like, just look at that. Oh, look over there. Oh, look over there. That over there is over here. And it's all connected and it's all the same. And it's all morphing. It's ever, and it's eternal. And it's, I'm like, what the, f-? <laughs> yeah. So came back from that. Oh, the, the, the leaves were sacred geometric figures. They were all arranged. Each, each one was perfectly geometric. They were arranged in perfect geometric figures. I'm still in it. And I thought that I was like kidnapped into a different dimension. Like I, I'm like, I fucking like, I, I did it. I like sold my soul. Like, what is this? Um, and came down from it and was like, what was that? And pointed behind me like to the ground. I'm like, where did I go? What was this? And so as amazing as that experience was and as, as, as an answer to question for me and as profound as it was, I had no integration. Mm-hmm. I had no support. I mean, I had the friends, but I like, I didn't even talk to them because I was so confused and I spent six months like thinking about it every day. And I wasn't, I was ungrounded for months and and finally got myself back to a place where I was like, okay. And like my relationship, like the next day, like my relationship. And I literally got a text the next day after I did that, like, like the, the let's be friends text as the, as things were like disintegrating. And so like life change was more alone. And so after that, um, my friend, the same friend, he, he offered me, to go to Peru with him again. And I was like, I don't know. Like I, that kind of messed me up a little bit. I don't know if I want to do that. And he's like, well, you know, think about it. I got to make this decision soon. Hey, also, do you want to try these mushrooms? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll try that. And so it's just as in his apartment. And it was like my first like moderate dose. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. And I was getting these really beautiful flowing paisley morphing images behind my eyes. And then I did a thing that I don't recommend, which is I ended up in the bathroom and I ended up in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And luckily I had enough semblance of like self and, um, and maybe more of an exploration to really dig into that. So I was in, I was in front of this mirror for probably close to an hour. And there was a lot of, 
a lot of things that I saw, a lot of shape shifting. But in that moment, I got a very strong yes for Peru. Something showed itself to me through my own reflection where it was like, yes, go to the jungle. Yes. So I did. Um, I did. I said yes and went down uh, with him and it was it was such a beautiful experience. Um, so profound, um, to be able to work with the Shipibo, to have an actual ceremony, to be a part of something that felt so reverent, Mm. you know? Yeah. And even, even it was, it was Westernized. Like, you know, I call, I lovingly call it an ayahuasca resort. Um, but it was, it was, it was the shift that I needed to be in community, to be on land, to have these, um, these mystical experiences, um, that, that really was the, the, the pivotal point and to have the integration afterward, to have the talking circles, to be a part of that group. And it was amazing, but still I came back to the city and I'm a musician. Literally I, 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 had a gig where I was playing a bar. I went from the bar basically to the airport, went to Peru, worked with ayahuasca, had to leave a day early to get back to a gig where I'm playing a brewery. Mm. So that was like my sandwich of ayahuasca was wow. in between a bar and a brewery. Yeah. It sounds like a good title for your uh, autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. Um, so, of course they put us in a Facebook group and like said, you know, continue this and continue connecting, continue. But there still was no like real integration support following that. Right. Right. So I had to work over the next several years to, to create my own practice around psilocybin, self ceremony, integration, go through all of the things that, that basically, um, figure it out on my own. And, and go through the experience where I'd have, an ex- I'd have a beautiful, blissful session and not have any tools to integrate and be depressed for three days following it, mm-hmm. which is common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't have support, if you don't have, if you don't have um, the tools. So after several years of doing my own work, I got the call, the clear call to maybe share, maybe help support, maybe, maybe bring some friends in who've been asking me about it started doing this own work, started preparing and helping people integrate. And then just kind of naturally how it flowed, um, realized that this work was actually happening in the world and um, kind of followed the breadcrumbs. Uh, you know, uh, much thanks to a mutual friend of ours, Beth Weinstein, who oh, yeah. kind of connected some pieces for me. And um, so realizing this work was being done and um, then, you know, and COVID really, created the shift and the introspection to create the change. And so I've just gone for it. And now I've, I've made the shift. I'm no longer teaching music and I'm stepping into supporting others in this path. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, you know, the story of your journey there, it's like so much of it. I can relate to so much too, you know, that's, it is so crucial the integration is everything. You know, it's like if we're not, the environment isn't going to help us, you know, that we're coming back into, you know, it's, it's, so it it is a little rough in a sense that it is on us, 
you know? And I just wish that they're like, I'm glad we're doing this, this podcast. It's like things like this, this podcast, or like even now you can go on YouTube or there's like more mainstream things that are coming online that like, Hey, yeah, this is okay. Like there's things out there. There's ways. Um, cause it's so crucial. It's, it's just like, you know, we have these peak experiences. We're in these beautiful locations. It's so profound. It's so magical. Oh my God. The synchronicity is just swirling about and everyone's, mm. Oh, breakthroughs and I'm going to change. And, and then I don't know, you get back to your like apartment or your home and yeah. your house and your friends and they all have the same scripts for you of the person that you were before, you know, your parents or your family It's get looped in a conversation. I always think of this like, um, Dave Chappelle joke where he's like, you know, you ever, you ever talk a certain way? You don't even talk like that. Like someone's like, Hey, how you doing? You're like, fine. How are you? It's like, I don't even talk like that. You know, it's like, we're just programmed in these like scripts that other people have for us, but then we're going and we're changing. Yeah. And I think this is great because like, as you've had the, this experience, right? Like it's we. It would be weird if like you're like, yeah, I'm an integration coach. Never done psychedelics before, but <laughs> or like I don't know. You know, I haven't had these experiences. Like you've had some maybe dark night of the soul type experiences, mm-hmm. lost experiences, depressive experiences. Like I feel like, and then moving through that is a very helpful that for serving others. Would would, would you would you think so? It is absolutely. Yeah. There's there's the transmutation right right there. It's going through. And, uh, yeah, yeah. When I was, uh, speaking with Beth on her podcast, um, she said, she's like, I would never work with a coach who hasn't like hit rock bottom. Mm. I wouldn't work with someone who hasn't been through, through that dark night of the soul. Right. And I think that's, that's where the gold is. That's the transmutation. Like you find, the gold. We're so afraid of the dark. We're so conditioned to be all light. And that's, that's such a dangerous thing because we see it manifest in, in our world. Like these, these, you know, these, these preachers or these pre like who, who, who claim to not have any darkness and then their darkness that they completely deny manifest bubbles up, create something that is far, far worse than if they would have just like, accepted themselves and been like okay i have darkness yes this is a part of me let's as we talked earlier like let's kind of befriend our demons a little bit so that they're not trying to sabotage us and that they're actually like cohabitating and and actually probably serving us in a way that's going to create more expansion and growth so i and it comes back to that balance the masculine feminine the dark the light if you're in two and you can go the opposite direction, you can get way too enamored in the dark, but it is that, you know, that's something that I've learned also from these experiences. Cause you know, we, we talk about, we're, we're kind of like, Oh yeah, you're like, you're in this experience where like everything's blissful and the synchronicities are flowing and, all, and yes, absolutely that happens. But you've also been in the experience where you feel like you're having one of the most challenging moments of your life. You don't have a semblance of self. You're, you're losing grasp on your reality. You think that you have like somehow lost, you're never going to come back. And mm-hmm. you have this deep fear in the middle of these experiences too. You can have these challenging experiences. So, you know, anyone who's listening who hasn't tried it, like, no, it's not all bliss. Actually, right. yeah. actually, you know, it's, it's both. Um, but some of the greatest um, 
transmutations happen from going through those challenges and going into that dark place because there's always it's it's you know we talked about the hero's journey yeah the dissension part process is probably the most important part mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's 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 so fascinating too just the in like as i'm stepping up more of a leader and you know offering men's circles and experiences and that space and stuff like there's always like i think i I was like reluctant for a while to like even cast myself on the role of leader Mm -hmm. mainly because of what we you you just alluded to is like you know there's and and you had mentioned before too where people need an authority figure to give them permission and then also there's a f- this feeling that you get like if you're talking about like hey like we're going to change the world like we're going to be better like you're going to be better you're going to be the best people want to hear that they see it coming from an authority figure who's cast himself as a leader now there's this feedback loop going on of like the people feed that person that person then has the choice to say well no not exactly it's more like this or a lot of times glom onto that and yes, yes, yes. Give me the power. Give me the, give me the stage. Give me the, the light. Give me the money. Give me the things. And then, you know, I mean, we've seen it, I guess, with like all kinds of like cults that have emerged and things like that. But this is the tricky part. This is like the spiritual materialism, spiritual bypassing, like everything can be converted to our ego's use, as Cho Young Trumpa says, even spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you get into this this realm and you're like, great, yeah, mushrooms, I'm healed or whatever. And you know, and then it's like, oh shit, I didn't realize I just entered a labyrinth of like twenty seven thousand trapdoors. <laughs> I need yeah. someone to like help me here or you know, guide a flashlight and say, Oh yeah, watch out for that one. That's like oh, that's the demon portal trash compactor. Be careful <laughs> in there. They're gonna eat your ass, like you know? <laughs> Yeah, I've gone through that one. Yeah. It's kinda of fun once you get through the other side, but it sucks when you're in it. Yeah, my two biggest like dark experiences are usually like, Oh, I've, I totally broke my own consciousness, my Mm -hmm. brain. Like I'm psychotic now. I'm, I'm, I'm a madman who's going to be like throwing his feces at like people that are eating Thanksgiving dinner and like, ah, you know, Uh (laughs) like, and then the other one is, Oh my God, I feel so much of like what I've done to my body and like what my body is. And it's like moving Mm. and bubbling and like, Mm. and I'm just this like, disgusting like hairy smelly little glob of human skin and meat and look what is this yeah 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 been both to both of those places yeah very very much yeah and you know you can you can glean gold from both of them like you know it's uh um it's the contrast of like like and the empathy of being like, oh my gosh, I almost, I, I thought I was going off the deep end. And, uh, you know, I have, I have seen people who've gone off the deep end who are doing the, the feces throwing and, <laughs> and all that. Yeah. And it's like spun out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit. Like I actually have, I have like empathy. I, I can see how they would get to that point. And that is not what I want to do. So I am going to course correct. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, you know, and I think that's, that's gold. And then with the body thing, oh man, just nothing has gotten me in tune with my body. Um, you know, the, the two things that really have was yoga and particularly hot yoga. Cause I'm literally sweating things out that I've eaten. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this. I'm going to change my diet. 
um, or being in, on, in, an, in an earth medicine experience and being like, I don't like the way that this feels. And if you can, if you can take that and be like, well, how can I create a better relationship with my body so that I feel better then there's the gold. Mm. And so for me, like I've developed a, a, a daily practice of stretching and light exercise and my diet's been clean very much in, in, in part two earth medicine experiences. Cause I've gone through that. And then it's better. It's like you, it's like that guiding force of nature. I was talking about, you kind of get yourself more in the flow. Then, then you, you allow your, your vessel to be more of a channel when you are opening your energy up in those, in those experiences where you're, you're communing with uh, earth medicines, which sort of expand the dimensionality of our being a little bit and the frequency range. Mm. Yeah. But you kind of have to go through that, though. Like I, I've worked with right. people, I've worked with people who come out of experiences and they're like, "This that was awful, awful. It was awful. It was so awful." And that, but then they're like, "But I'm so glad I did it because of this, because of what they experienced." Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, it is that body, especially psilocybin. You have this nauseous, this this like. And there are ways to like diminish that and and prevent that. And a lot of it has to do with diet and maybe fasting and just like making sure you take care of your body prior, but you can't avoid it completely. Mm -hmm. It's a part of the process. Um, But yeah, contrast is what is so many people don't realize that contrast is like the biggest catalyst for growth to experience what you don't want so that you know what you want. Yeah, to and to experience it, right? Yeah. Like I think this is the big the big thing here because it's like you're listening to this now and we're talking about it and maybe you can have like an intellectual understanding of it. Oh yeah, I get how that could be beneficial. But it's really that like direct felt sense like you are literally embodying it, experiencing it. It's happening to you. It's live. It's now. You're feeling it on like every cell of your body, your being, right? Yeah. Yes. And that's also, we talk about challenging experiences, but it's also the mystical. And that is one of the most, um, maybe I, I, I wanted to use the word important, but there's a better word like that. That's one of the most, um, potent, uh, visceral experiences from communing with earth medicines is to experience something that feels mystical, that feels beyond you. Um, even the Johns Hopkins studies so that where they're showing that clinically and in, in these, these controlled, controlled environments where people are transcending beyond the self mm-hmm. and not to, not to put down any, any religion, any religious book, any sacred text, but it's text, yeah. you know, it's, if you, if you can go out into nature and, and have some kind of visceral experience, it's the same thing that you're talking about. It's like, Oh, Oh, okay. Now the text makes more sense to me because I've experienced it or now I interpret it in a different way or I don't take it so literally or yeah, just whatever it is. But for me, going through those experiences first of all 
be careful because there can be a downswing. And that's why, you know, the depression for three days after it's like, oh, I am one with the all. And I do, I, oh, I got to, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I got to experience God. I got to meet God and whatever that means. But we're like, yeah, that happened to whatever, you know, reality, you know, that you were experiencing at that time. When really it's like, I have experienced something that is beyond the self that was intelligent and was loving. Mm -hmm. And for that to happen, I think that is, is something that really will alleviate a lot of, of suffering because then you have that experience. But also, as I said, be careful, make sure you have support around it. Make sure you don't grasp onto it. Or the other, the other thing is like, Oh, I got to go back. I got to go back. I got to do another seven grams of mushrooms to get that. I got to do it next week. I got to do it next weekend. And then you become, you, you don't, you don't, actually it's you know you keep picking up the phone you know as we yeah. you know you, when you get the message hang up the phone sure um and for me it's like you know um make the call intentionally every so often mm-hmm. you know yeah. with further reminder um whether that's once a year twice a year quarterly for the seasons for for the solstice and equinox is beautiful yeah um, it's like, it's like check in, recharge, reconnect, remember, and then carry that with you in your life. Right. Yeah. That's so, that's the most important part, right? Cause like after those, oh man, I've had so many just blissful, beautiful mm. experiences, you know, mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh, like this, that, in, that intelligence that is beyond the confinement of any labeling intelligence that we can identify, mm-hmm. but it's this felt like intelligence this felt sense of like wow that's powerful this not non-dual experience transcendent experiences beautiful blissful euphoric experiences connected experiences and then yeah really making sure that you have a support system after that really making sure that you're going back into the world and that you're able to take that in because you could also go another way which is the way of um you know, kind of what we were alluding to or what you alluded to before with like the spiritual, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, don't like bring your bad vibes over here. Like I'm elevating on a Good different plane only. of consciousness. Good vibes only. None of that nasty shit. Like get out of my way. Don't you know who I am? Like I've transcended the ego. I My mm-hmm. ego is so much smaller than your ego. Like, <laughs> I'm so much more like, um, you know, then that's it's like just that's just like what that that's like the the cultural programming or societal programming civilizational yeah. programming even right it's like fuck we find us in this 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 thing that we're in and then we're like looking for these ways out and we're looking to like go and bring back and like that's where this sort of zend out spiritual type work comes in is like the acceptance of what is mm-hmm. you know like learning how to to be in it yeah be of it and in it yeah yeah exactly for me i know um you know i am I'm, I'm a libra i'm all about balance and i know that um you know i'll talk about it a lot and i do believe in it a lot and i do um i feel as though you know there i i like the buddhist principle of the middle way mm, yeah um 
that's not to say that you have to always be in the middle way, but once again, it's the contrast. It's, it's, it's oscillating to one, one side if we're, if we're making it a dualistic metaphor. And then maybe you swing to the other side, you know, whereas you have this beautiful, blissful, amazing, I am one with the universe. And then two days later, you're like on the couch, vegging out, binge watching, being hope, hopeless, disconnected feeling of like, this is like, like a, what the, what the fuck was that? Um, and that me once again, bringing music into the equation. Um, if you look at a sound wave and you know, we always see sound waves in like a two dimensional way where it like looks like they go up and down. It's like the, you know, it's just like it juts up, it juts, juts down. I personally believe it's more of a spiral that we are seeing from the side that we are, we are kind of conceptualizing as this two dimensional up and down. That's not how sound works. Sound, sound spirals and fills the entire space in every direction. So, um, but the dynamic of it is the louder, the sound wave we can see and measure that as far up to one end of the spiral, it goes, it has to go lawfully that far down. And so that's part of the spiral dynamics of what we're in. So we have to also be careful because when you're going into an experience where you do feel blissed out and a part of the one, you also have to kind of maybe brace yourself for receiving the lawful other side of that, which, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying expect it, I'm saying like be okay with maybe maybe falling falling back into more of a I am simply a disconnected human and oh my gosh like what like I I am totally full of shit and none of what I experienced was real because that happens but then again the sound wave you know can balance out and you in that in that middle is where the the really the essence of kind of like <clears throat> kind of like the essence of the all you know it's it's like yes our reality ca- contains both extremes and yes there is this this middle point in which maybe there's more of a zero point with things um but in order to get there you kind of have to oscillate back and forth so i think that's another po- really important piece of integration is is letting people know in advance that there can be downswings or it, it can be the opposite. You can have the worst experience of your life. It's like if, if you have the worst hangover of your life and you start to feel better and you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel like the most amazing. You can, you can have the upswing from a really challenging experience and glean a lot from that. Um, so it's, it's, it's allowing, it's, it's letting people know that that's possible and probably expected in certain ways and not to, you know, pre predispose, but, um, and then to support them through that, to be like, yeah, it's okay that you're feeling like this. That's absolutely normal and, and a part of this experience. But what can we what can we get from these depths? Like, there's something in here that we're that we can really, you know, carry with us, and then even even ourselves out, find more of that middle ground. And I think that's been some of the most important work I've done in my own personal integration is knowing that when I'm in the depths that there is going to be an upswing one and two while I'm in those depths like there's a lot to be present for yeah amazing and just even the way that you said that 
you're like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, like it's okay. And I think that's, that is, that's that part of that permission, right? Like it's, it's okay. Yes. You can, you can, you can be here with us now in that experience. And I think that that's a, what do you think about that? Like, I, I think that's some, something that's maybe doesn't get talked about enough or I don't know, like just, it's okay to be where you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I say, um, I say be well a lot. Like that's a lot. My parting, my parting, you know, w- phrase is be well. And I started realizing like, yeah, but like, so sometimes I'll be like, be well. And like, if I know someone is like having, a, especially like having a hard time and I'm like, you know, it's of course it's like a courtesy to be like, Oh, be well, take care kind of thing. Like, um, I'll, I'll say something like be well and remember it's okay not to be well. And I, I think that's, that's the essence of it is, um, going back to what we talked about with our society, it's like this masculine, make sure everything appears as it's, as it's good. And it's all, and don't show emotion. Um, but really it's like, it's like the image of the mother that comes in and just cradles you. And it's like, it's okay, honey. It's okay, honey. Like it, it, just, just, just be in my arms for a moment and yes. feel, and we don't have enough of that. And, of course, too much of that is also not serving. Right. But once again, it's that middle, some, we need more of it. And we need to realize that that's temporary as well. It's like you need to just like take a time out in, in their mother's arms. And oftentimes that's what we do with earth medicines. It's like if that's what it feels like for me. It's like taking a time out in mother nature and her just being like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I'm getting a little emotional right now that you're saying that. Like I'm really feel because I'm really feeling it. You know, I'm really feeling, remembering all the times when I felt held in that way, and how important it is to have that space. And then when you're ready, you go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, you get your sword, you get your sword, you get your shield, you get your torch, you get whatever you got, your tools. You go out there and you carve your path, and then, fuck, I need to be held again. And, yeah. and I can always go back to that. I can always go back to being held by that mother, whether it's actually your mother or whether it's somebody who's at, in that role or whether it's like just sitting and staring at a tree mm-hmm. and watching how it blows in the wind. You know, mm-hmm. it's so special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love you, man. Yeah, you're <laughs> great. You. You're a gift. You're you're really a gift. And you know, we didn't really get into like your your music per se so much, but I'm hoping we could play a couple tracks on I the podcast um, of your choosing. And um, yeah, I guess like uh, as we sort of conclude a little bit here, you typically I I sort of ask this in the beginning of the show, but I'm asking it now at the end, and it's. What is what is most present and alive for you in this in this moment? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm I'm feeling such a sense of gratitude to uh, to be able to have this conversation 
that is met and reflected in in such a way that bring it brings out the best in me and i can feel it bringing out the best in you and that's that's this idea of 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 more of the paradigm that i think we're we're shifting into it's we've been so competitive our whole system is set up for co- competition and the idea of collaboration or even healthy competition you know it's like that's that's what makes me feel alive and and knowing that you and i are a total little microcosm of a lot of amazing interactions that are happening all over this planet where people are meeting in this this middle ground that maybe it's that guiding force of nature maybe it's it's just being in in the frequency flow of spirit or maybe it's just just seeing the soul in the other and i I, that's what's alive for me is it feels so refreshing to um, to allow that experience to you know just happen and be co-created with another individual so that's that's very present for me in this moment and thank you yeah thank you I I love to do this it's great it's always amazing when we can just uh, flow and something emerges and and we're co-creating in the moment and hopefully offering something of value to people out there that need something like this. Yeah. Maybe don't have people that they could sit across from and have conversations like this and take part in experiences like this. But, but here we are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have some, some offerings, you have some, some things that you're doing. Tell me a little bit about what's going on and and what are you offering and and who's it for and, and what do you hope, to, to, to get out of this what's the vision here beautiful thank you um yeah m- many offerings um as far as music goes i do have an album that i did create it's uh it's a beautiful little integration journey of my own it's called spirit maze it's released under taragape you can find it wherever you listen to music we'll maybe share some tracks here and um so that that music is there and it's it's meant to serve as a reflection um for it's it's meant to be very reflective it's it's a whole little musical journey um that kind of distills some of the uh, nuggets that i've gained from my experience a lot working with earth medicines um there's some you know there's going to be more music to come and it's going to be more more intentional more of a space holding um role and i'm going to continue that i'm not exactly sure how that's going to look but keep uh keep on the lookout it's good to get it's good to connect with me on instagram taragape tara as in the goddess of compassion agape as in universal love um and it's overlap t-a-r-a-g-a-p-e and um, as far as the integration coaching goes um, right now i'm offering free 45 minute exploratory calls um, you can find the, you can find the link, um, by, you know, reaching out to me or maybe yeah, you can I'll put include it in it. the show notes. Yeah. Perfect. There'll yeah. be a link in the show notes. If you feel like you want to explore, you know, a, what it would be like to work with earth medicines more intentionally, more ceremonially, um, or even if you're interested in microdosing, um, you know, feel free to reach out, um, you know, anything. I also do a lot of dream work. Like if you want to just connect with me, like sign up for a slot and we can connect and see if there's anything I would have to offer you. Um, and then beyond that, I'm offering, um, 
you know, a number of different packages that would be, um, you know, if you wanted to sign up for like a, a three month container where we, we could go through and prepare you and have you have an experience and then have support integrating it or a six month container, which would also be offered. Or if you just feel like you want to set up a week to week call, um, just to kind of get some footing and get some clarity. That's, that's also something that I, I happily offer. Um, but yeah, please reach out. Um, uh, I'm always releasing, you know, new videos here and there. I have some really great content musically that's going to be coming out. And, um, if you want to dive a little bit more into my mission statement and purpose statement, um, find my YouTube channel. There's the most recent video or one of the most recent videos, if I've uploaded any others, um, is my purpose and mission statement. And I think that it really, um, it talks, it's a lot of what we covered, but it, it really just gives a clear cut, um, uh, just essence of what it would be like to work with me if it's something that you're still not sure about. Awesome. Yeah. So all those links we'll put in the show notes, show description, people will just be able to click on it. And uh, that's awesome. So 45 minute free complimentary call. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Awesome. So yeah, if you heard anything that on this show that you resonate with that you're interested in, fuck. I mean, you got 45 minutes to, to connect here. With Taragape. Mm, and I look forward to it. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. All right. Well, last question. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> oh, gosh. What came to me in the moment was something I needed to hear, and that was is, is to not take yourself so seriously. Mm. That was for me. <laughs> Don't take yourself too seriously. Take it seriously, but not too seriously. Yeah, it's that middle ground. Yeah. It's re it's remembering the cosmic giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's when when you really get that 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 um that frequency or that transmission of the cosmic giggle, that is like that's the body softening for me. That's like the oh, yeah, you're right. You you're so brilliant and you're so hilarious too like wow thank you for reminding me that this is actually really a, a, like a an honor to be here and play mm. as a human and, and to have fun while we go through this ridiculous journey together fuck yeah happy to be sharing part of this ridiculous journey with you brother me too thank yeah. you for for what you do and for having me and i look forward to more co-creations hell yeah you got it Thank you to everybody that listens out there. Please like, share, subscribe, leave five-star rating, review, all that good stuff. Links in the show notes. Support our sponsors. I love you all. Much love. Peace. Peace.